Welcome to ShareHouse, where you'll discover tips, trends, and takeaways from top product and e-commerce experts. We'll talk about it all, from product design to product sales, e-commerce to retail, and operations to marketing. Join your hosts, Emerson Hammer and Russell Steed. What's up? Welcome back to the ShareHouse podcast, the one place where you're going to learn about all things e-commerce, whether you're just getting started or you're a multi-million dollar brand. This is where you're going to sharpen your skills personally and with your business to take your physical product business to the next level. Today, we are going to be talking about all things pop-ups. Now, pop-ups might sound a little boring, but let me tell you, it's going to get exciting. It's going to be pretty awesome. We've got Matt Simino today uh, with us. Matt is just, he, he knows what he's doing. He's worked with pop-ups. He's built his own software that does pop-ups. He's worked with clients for years and years. And uh, basically, I'm going to let him introduce himself because he's way better at it. But uh, Matt definitely is an authority when it comes to optimizing and and uh, getting the most out of your pop-up. So we're, we're going to dive into that today. So Matt, if you don't mind giving us a little intro to yourself, you personally, and then we'll kind of, we'll, we'll just go from there. Absolutely. Russ, thanks for having me on. Yeah, excited about it. Really, you you nailed it. I mean, that's that's our background. I've been doing this for, gosh, uh, specifically e-commerce pop-ups for the last eight years. And you know, really, my background is in kind of web development. Got into that when I was like fourteen, and then you know, you start making websites, and then all of a sudden you have an agency, and then you you know, you spin out a couple of different products out of that. So I've had. You know, like a vacation rental website and a chatbot thing, and uh, I. <laughs> you say you started when you were fourteen. I that just kind of threw me back to when I was a teenager, and I was like, I want to do like a website. I want to build this, and so I literally went. I, I was so naive. I went to Apple's website because I thought they had the coolest website. I yep. just click, you know, view source, grabbed all their code, and then dropped it in like a text file and tried to like why isn't this working for me? Like I had no concept of success. I had no concept of anything as far as websites go. So I just think back to that, that experience myself. And I, I assume everybody was that dumb, but probably not. It was just me, but, uh, no, I, I, I probably did the same thing. I just like tried it a few more times and then like a hundred <laughs> more times. And then like, I got something working and yeah. it was like, it, at the time there wasn't, you know, Webflow and Squarespace and all these great services. Like you had to go code it. And so I had to learn it. And the reason I even wanted to make a website was like my buddies and I had these like snowboarding and like skiing videos. We're like, oh, it's so cool. We need a website. So <laughs> yeah, you know, I was like, all right, I'll figure it out. And and then I loved it. I actually like, really enjoyed it. And then, yeah. So fast forward, you know, just a couple of different things it was doing. But really in the context of this conversation was starting Exit Intel. And that was very hands-on with pop-ups and it didn't, we didn't set out to create an agency, but it really turned into one in that once I started selling it to different brands and once we got some larger clients helping them with their pop-ups and optimizing it. And the reason I knew how to do this was because I was creating an e-commerce platform before Exit Tow. So gotcha. it was like, I realized why this mattered and Shopify had raised like another $80 million at the time. And I was like, okay, all right. Like they were, they were really cracking it. So I was like, all right, let mm -hmm. me focus on this niche here. And then after doing that for a while, we started getting more and more clients. And when they started paying, you know, a couple grand, seven grand, 10 grand a month for the, these pop-ups and these larger websites, they were making a big difference for them, but we weren't focused on the product. So we weren't making the software any better. And then the software really got behind. And then I was just hiring really smart people to kind of do this by hand for the customer. In that, I would say I'm grateful that that happened. It wasn't good for business, but I'm grateful because we learned a lot. 
And so we were split testing our butts off and finding, okay, this works, that works. And we had to prove the value, not through that we had this great software, but that we had these great folks doing it. And so we learned so much. And then about two years ago, I was like, all right, enough. That doesn't scale. It's not going to get past a couple million in revenue. It's just going to be this agency. But if we were just an agency, great. We could have scaled that because we didn't have the software holding us back. We were like, had the software, but we had the agency thing. So it was like, all right, we're going to go fully down the product route. And that's where I created AMP. Then obviously needed a better brand. And a lot of the stuff we don't even do on Exit. Like Exit Intent is definitely a trigger, but sometimes you just want to greet the visitor. So rebranded to AMP, and now we've got this product. It's fully self-service. You can do all the stuff on your own. We still currently have the team, so it gives us a bit of extra capacity to like really get hands-on with folks. But with AMP, you know, you can grab a template that we fine-tuned over the years that converts best. And then we've got this editor that works almost like a Figma Webflow. So you're not going to learn somebody else's pop-up tool. Like you're starting with an amazing template the way you might do that on like a Webflow. And then same kind of mentality where you've got this great template, but you can customize every bit of it. It's like a no-code builder. And it's finely tuned for pop-ups. So we can get our clients the same results we were getting them at Exit Intel with this fully self-service version. So... We're, we're, we're amped. We're excited. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. How did that come about? Like, Hey, I'm so amped about this. Is that how you came up with the name for, for the software? Like, oh, I'm yeah, so dude. amped right now. I mean, literally I was in the shower and I was like trying to find the name. I was like, because it was at the point where it was like, we had like the vision was crystal clear. The product was like, okay, now we just need to finally build it. But it was like fully done in Figma. And I was just like, so I was just in the shower. I was like, man, I'm so amped. <laughs> so amped right now. It's like, yes, okay, that's the name. Because so it, was, it makes sense. Like, we're yeah. amping it up for these. Products. Oh, yeah, totally. It was almost called Stoked, but uh, Amped came to mind first, right? So, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So, I guess you started out just having tons of experience with uh, doing pop ups, implementing pop ups, custom, very, very custom pop ups for brands, finding what works. And then you kind of took that into building a, a, an application that and a software that that will kind of do that for everybody. So I think that's it's kind of a cool thing to call out that you didn't just go and say like, hey, you know, there's opportunity in this field. I'm going to create a software that creates pop-ups. It's like, no, we, we've spent the past six years perfecting pop-ups, and now let's create a software that will kind of execute on that. So I guess I kind of want to dive in and you know, into pop-ups in general. But my, my main question here is what sets Amped.io apart from, or do you say Amped.io or do you just call it Amped.io? Yeah, Amped.io. Yeah, okay. that's, the Amped.io. that's the website. So if you, anybody was wondering. Um, so what sets Amped apart from your Clavios that just kind of have a pop-up builder or even like I've used Just Uno. It's got a lot of functionality. Didn't love the builder, uh, but whatever. Um, just do knows like what sets you apart? Like what do you guys do differently that, that they don't do? Yeah. I mean, you think about what you're doing. You, you've got an e-commerce site. You're showing this pop-up to everyone that comes to your website. Mm-hmm. And I think that is extremely important. I mean, this is the way that you're greeting your customer. And just like you said, it's like some of these other ones are like good enough. It's like, ah, well, like I kind of check the box. I turn the pop-up on and like it came for free and my email program or whatever you're using. And it's like, that's just not good enough. Uh, And I think that like everyone kind of knows that, but until you stop and think about it, it's like, okay, good enough for the first thing that I'm going to give to my customers is not 
good enough. Um, and then it's about performance. And we just kind of have this unfair advantage where we've done tens of thousands of these things, split test optimizations, and just learning through all of the, the hard way and the hard work. And so now it's like, you're starting with a template that is just going to crush out of the box. You put in your logo and change the colors, but then it's really like this editor. So those other tools you're talking about kind of have to play in like, okay, I can change the headline or like change the text a little bit, but that's kind of it. With, yeah. with AMD, it's like, you can create whatever you want. Um, yeah. So I think yeah. at the end of the day, it's about performance. And that is something that when people are like, yeah, we want to grow, like we're focused on growth. It's like, all right, well, how's the pop-up doing? Well, like we, we don't really know. But then you look into it and it's getting like 3% opt-in rate. It's like, all right, well, if you could get that to 10 or even 15 in some really good cases, it's like that makes a huge difference. If you're getting 100,000 visitors and you're going to capture an extra five or 10,000 subscribers a month, this is a huge priority. But I think it's just a lack of expertise and then just feeling like, okay, I can turn it on and it's good enough. But that's, that's just, that's not it. So we're trying to empower everybody to be able to have something like Amped and have that power so they can use it quickly, but also just be able to use it however they want. Yeah, as you're throwing out those percentages, I'm like, I wonder how my pop-ups are doing because I don't know that number off the top of my head. So I pulled it up. I'm at 3% on mobile, 2.5% on on my Valentine's pop-up that's running right now. Um, so not stoked about that. Um, so I guess we need to talk after this, see how I can make my pop-ups better. Um, but no, I in my history of making pop-ups for, for on different platforms, like I have used quite a few. Um, I have seen some of my pop-ups that have converted or, you know, I, I guess that's the, the right term, converted, um, got an email or at least a, an email or a, uh, or a phone number in the 10% range, 9, 10% range. And then I've got others that were like the 1% range. So, sure. and I, I probably wasn't good enough at saying like, Hey, this is what's working. This is what's not working. Because it's almost like, just like, Hey, it's, it's, it's an afterthought, throw the pop-up up, ready, set, go. But I think you nailed it on the head when you're an e-com brand, you're driving traffic, you're focused on your ads, you're focused on your messaging for your ads, your deals, whatever, you get them over to your site, you're kind of looking for that conversion and you forget that middle step of like, hey, you paid so much money to get these people over to your site, might as well get their email, might as well get their phone number so that you don't have to buy them again through Facebook ads. And then once they're on your list, you're, I mean, you can just keep hitting them and not, I mean, that sounds, that's probably a bad way of putting it, but you can nurture that relationship. That's way nicer. Nurture that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Build the relationship. Absolutely. Because you did so so much money to get them there and you spent a ton of money on your website, but then you're just like, turn on pop-ups. Like, oh man. Yeah. And the stuff that we're even doing to get to know the visitor better, I think that's kind of the, the next iteration of where we're taking AMP is like, instead of just saying like, enter email, get 10% off. None of our pop-ups say that, by the way. It, it's all <laughs> like conversion focused. It's like, you got 10% off, like claim it versus like decline the intro discount. So all that copy has been tested and it's in the template. So you can like start with something that works really well in the templates. Whereas a lot of these other builders just give you like a white box and then you got to kind of make it cool versus you start with an amazing template and then make it your own with colors and branding. But also getting another visitor, that's something that 
is so underrated. Like everybody's talking about zero party data and preferences and that stuff. But the pop-up is a great way to do that right away. So understanding what matters in the way that you're selling your customers, like how do you speak to those different buckets? Maybe you're already doing it in the segmentation of your emails, or maybe you've like, we, we've got some clients we talk to them and they're like, yeah, we just spent so much money with this consulting, consulting firm to understand who's coming to the site and why, like what buckets. And then let's just ask them that. So post-purchase survey, great. You can also do that with AMS, uh, but being able to do that on the way in. So asking them about themselves gets you that data, but also we're finding that it dramatically increases the number of people that ultimately give you their information too. Really? So instead of here's a form to put your email in saying like, hey, what brought you to the site? Like I'm a parent, I'm a teacher, I'm a grandparent, I'm a collector. That's one that we'll talk about in a second, but just by asking that question, like doubled the amount of people that actually ended up putting their email in. Really? Okay, that's that's super interesting because I was literally on a webinar with Gorgeous yesterday and the Gorgeous rep was saying that we were talking about like lifetime value of customers, loyalty, retention, that kind of thing. And, and uh, I'm pretty sure it was the Gorgeous rep, maybe it was a different company that was on there, but um, he was basically saying like, hey, just put, Put email. The more form fields you got in there, the less less um, your conversion goes down on that. But it's, he was talking like first name, last name, uh, phone number, email, like everything right there, which I could see that. Um, and granted, Gorgeous is a help desk, not a pop up software, so I, I probably need to take what they say on pop ups uh, with a grain of salt. But I'm just curious, like in kind of gut reaction to what you said of like, hey, you're asking questions about themselves. I guess I've never done that. So it, it works. I guess I'm kind of surprised. Like, does that really like it, it creates more? Are you throwing it all up in one pop up and saying, like, have a bunch of questions? Or you say, is it kind of like a multi form where it's like they answer the question, then it kind of brings up another question, almost kind of like a type form style where you're only showing one question at a time? Or have you maybe tested that? Well, how is this working? Yeah, we're, we're testing the heck out of this. But let me just, I want to clarify on that more form fields kind of thing. Right. That's definitely true. Like, if you're asking them name, email, birthday, social security number, I mean, <laughs> that's definitely not going to help how many people fill the form out. Right. Um, so I'm not necessarily talking about that. And if okay. they're saying, oh, put more form fields out, like I guess maybe they were talking about more shots on goal or something like that. But in terms of asking for more form fields, that is definitely not going to help your conversion rate. What I'm talking about is definitely more like a type format kind of interaction where it's one question and then you're going to the next one and not asking like 20 questions. If you're going to ask like one is probably ideal. That's what we're seeing right now. It could be two, could be three. It depends on how much information you really want to get. But it's not that you're putting it's we had somebody actually called the other day positive friction, which I actually kind of like that term. Yeah, and, and their use case was like, um, Hey, are you a beginner, intermediate, or expert in Excel? The site is called Spreadsheeto. They, they actually get a ton of traffic. He's tested into that. They're going to start using AMP to do some even more testing. But um, that little positive friction, I've got to give him credit for that. He said that word. And, like, we've been talking about that. Like, we call it maybe escalating commitment, kind of. But I think the positive friction word's better. And the, the thing, just back to that example, is, like, it, it was quite literally a toy store. They saw all the toys that you typically would get in like a zoo or a museum. If you go in there, you've probably seen their, their toys. And so for them, they're running a beautiful looking pop-up through AMP that did convert really well, way better than what they were getting before. And it said, you've got 
10% off and it had two buttons, which was like claim it or decline it. And that alone is like some of the positive friction we're talking about, like a yes, no step. Everybody's doing them. They're, they are effective. So to ask them if they want it gets them like bought in on it. And then you ask them for their information. This is one step further. So instead of yes or no, you're asking them about themselves. And if it's an easy question for them to answer, you're sort of getting this engagement. It's kind of like this micro engagement. And if you think about the mentality of even like all the ads you're running on social, you got to get the thumb stop or you got to get somebody to, to like stop what they're doing and pay attention. If it's a white square with an X on it, people are just going to immediately go to the X in the top right corner and close it. Find the X. It's X marks the spot. Boom. Gone. Yeah. But if this is like a beautiful looking experience, that's like, Hey, like, Share with us about yourself so we can personalize the experience. You're like, all right, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. I'm a parent. And then it's like, fantastic. Like, and, or, or, or maybe the first step, th- this example I'm talking about was like, you've got 10% off. Share with us, like, who you are to personalize your experience. And then you're like, okay, I'm a parent. And then you hit continue. And then it said, fantastic. Just put in your email, continue. And then said, finish signing up with text, put in your phone number, and then reply why, because of the SMS content. Yeah. So those were the four steps. And that doubled from just like a yes, no on the really? part. Yeah. Interesting. I'm going to have to figure out how to do that. And kind of going back to what you were saying, like you have these different buckets of uh, um, customers. Does that, uh, I read a book, I think it was Ryan Levesque. Did you, have you ever heard of him? And that's kind of like his big thing is he talked about like, Hey, you've got these buckets within your customer base and you have to have different marketing per one. And he used Apple and all these different brands as, as examples of like how you got teachers or you have students, you've got, you got your working professionals, you got your hobbyists, that kind of thing. And like, they actually have different website pages that gear towards those different people. And so that's a whole nother conversation, but I, I think that's really cool to bring into this conversation of like, you got different buckets, even, even within your like ideal customer, there probably, there isn't just one person that fits exactly who you're going for. Like within my brand, it's, um, the grandparents, it's parents, it's, uh, you know, the different between the mom and the dad too, as well. So it's almost kind of like, yeah. I'm, I need to think of like how I could implement something like that with my brand, but Anyway, that's that's a, an amazing call out. I love that, and that's not something that I've seen very often. You know, I, you see the spinners, you see the "Hey, give me your email" or like cutie cutesy words, but this is kind of something that I have never even thought about or even seen. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's helpful for everybody. It's less gimmicky than like a wheel or something, which you can do if they have to well, and if they they do crush. But um, yeah, I think this is more personal, and then also it's helpful for you on the back end too, like. If you're asking that question and then you're going to tune your emails to speak to that directly, you don't have to be Apple and have that budget to do it. Just look up AMP, ask them that question, pass it through to whatever you're using for email. So if it's Clavio, great. It goes in as a custom profile property in your flow. You're saying conditional. Okay. If this property set and they said they're a you know, grandparent or, or whatever thing that you wanted to segment on, great. Just adjust that welcome flow email a little bit to speak better to them. And then just... There's, there's your optimization right there of making that just work that much better. Just creating a better relationship. And then also, like, even if it doesn't convert, you're creating that relationship better. Like we were talking about in the beginning. It's like you're nurturing them, but you're, you're building a relationship with you and the brand. 
It's kind of an interesting, I mean, this is going off a little bit in a different direction than I had anticipated, but um, at, uh, at Nomadic, when I, was, when I was there, we were working with agencies to kind of build out these flows, similar to what you're saying. We have different buckets. Uh, we have the traveler, we have the everyday kind of go-getter, and then we had the photographer. And those were kind of the three buckets that we were, we were operating with. And then we created different landing pages that would talk specifically about those kind of verticals, but then we had ads that pushed specifically to those pages and you know we were optimizing for conversion. We had different email flows, welcome series based on which which landing page they came to. But that's different totally siloing your ads to your landing page to your emails, which is great, not a big deal or like that. I, it was working well. But one thing we didn't consider were the pop-ups. And this goes back to our original point of like, eh, turn on the pop-up. You know, we weren't thinking about pop-ups, but it's kind of cool because in that scenario that I'm talking about, we were basically serving ads and, you know, say for the photographer, we're serving ads on photography. Obviously, a photographer who's interested, somebody who's interested in that will click on it, but not always. So maybe they're more interested in travel or maybe they're more interested in like everyday gear. But they yeah. clicked on that. And now we're just assuming we're putting it into our database like, hey, this is a photographer. And we're going to be hitting them with photographer kind of messaging and ads and emails. But maybe they need to self-identify as, no, I'm actually more of a traveler. I'm, hey, I'm more, yeah. of a, uh, uh, more of that everyday carry kind of kind of guy. And so that's almost taking like, we're, we're kind of going off some assumptions with this yeah. other model, whereas it's like zero party data, kind of like what you're saying. Like this is the customer told us this is what they're interested in and this is what we're going to operate with. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And I mean, just even hearing you say that, I'm like, okay, well, add on to that. You know, let's stop doing the assuming about them and let's start asking them that question. And most of the times that question, maybe you're even asking it later in the funnel. So like mm -hmm. if it's after the purchase, you're doing it based on what they purchased. That stuff is good and valuable for sure. But if you can get that, if that's like one of the first interactions you're having with them and it's just, it's, it's not putting more friction, you're just like, yeah, photographer, carry on. Um, but even then, like you could also go one step further. It's like, if you're running an ad that's photographer based, mm -hmm. you could even create a pop-up and target that specific to those UTMs. So an right. AMD would say like, hey, target this campaign, UTM equals photographer campaign or whatever. And then run something there that's like, hey, are you a photographer? You can make it even one step easier for them to be like, yes. If they're like, no, it's like, okay, great. Well, like, do you fall into the other categories? If they say yes, then you've got like a, you've got a double confirmed. You assumed it and then you just verified it. And then, I would suspect in that case, they're like, oh, yes, I definitely am. It's like, awesome. We got 10% off for photographers. And you're like, okay, put your email and your phone number in. I bet you that converts way better than 10% off. Like, just willy-nilly, everybody gets 10%. Yeah. It's it's just kind of dialing in that um, that message in it. What did it when I, I had a we did a podcast with uh, Gabriel Diaz, and uh, he did paid ads. He was the, the growth manager for Vessi and other brands. And his point was like, build these frameworks. And so that's exactly what we're talking about. We're building these frameworks. And we're just making sure pop-ups are a part of that to get that data, that verification. And you're kind of bringing it, bringing it through the whole, the whole user customer journey. And I mean, that definitely, I can, I can personally see if I had a more catered kind of uh, experience on, a, on an e-commerce website, I'd probably be more likely to like the brand and then convert, you know, eventually. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm already, I'm, I'm converted. Like I'm, let's go. I, I think this is, uh, I'm learning. I'm learning. This is, this is awesome. I definitely need to implement some of these things with my own brand. Um, so I'm kind of curious, this, 
What are kind of the main things you've kind of touched on some, but what are the main things that brands do wrong when it comes to pop-ups? I think mm-hmm. I'm going to call out probably the first one you're going to say is that they just turn it on and say, Oh yeah, pop-ups. So what else are they doing wrong out there? <laughs> yeah. I like the way you put it. Like they then considered it as part of the whole thing. They just turn it on. So yes, obviously that's a number one there now. I, I think it's like, maybe we could go categorically and talk about it. I mean, from a design standpoint, I think uh, if you've got something that's blocking the whole site that you can't like, let's say you get to the site and it's an entrance based pop up and you put like a photo in the background that blocks the whole site out and you put the offer on it. In in theory, maybe it converts really well, but we also need to watch like what's the bounce rate doing there and like what's the experience like basically like you were looking for this and then it just took you somewhere entirely different because it was a pop up. Um, that's one thing that I think is a mistake that I see people making from time to time. So I think the key there is like, you've got to be able to see the site through it. I, I think like a full screen style is, is in almost every case going to be better than having like a black overlay with some sort of rectangle in it or something or a circle. Those are definitely fine if you want to go that style, but I think making it where it's a transparent ish kind of background, maybe there's a gradient on it and then super clear copy. It's good. It just it's proven to work better, and I think it just is a better experience for for the visitor. Interesting. Um, I see other mistakes that folks are making. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily a mistake or not, but sometimes just not having any verification on the form. So, like you're just letting any and all things pass through, versus actually requiring it, like. Quite literally just requiring an input. Like some some will just pass through if you hit the button, which seems like a mistake. Oh, it's like they don't even have to put in an email to get to the next step? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think yours does that. Oh, Um, rude. (laughs) Go look at that. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, then on this. Calling me out. Look, this is it. Like, I've been doing this for 10 years. Like, I mean, like, I see a pop-up and I can tell you what software it is, what the problem. I mean, this is right. like, right. I just know this stuff too well. Yeah. Well, now I got to go make some changes. <laughs> but like mobile, it's got to be mobile first. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the easiest flaw is like you're, even if you're a designer or you're design talented or whatever you want to call yourself, when you're, whoever's got to think through what the pop-up's going to look like, we're probably making it on our laptop. Like we're making it on our computer. And so you think about what's going to look like on desktop, but that's a huge mistake because 80 to 90% of your visitors are coming on their phone because it's e-commerce direct consumer. They found you on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. They're clicking the ad and coming to your site. So if you're not thinking about your pop-ups mobile first, that's a huge loss because that's where you're going to get most of your visitors. So that's where you need to be thinking about like, not just as a buzzword mobile first, like you really need to be thinking about it mobile first and then go to desktop. So that's even how we've made amped. Like you can actually see both at the same time, but you really want to be designing on the mobile one. The changes you're making on mobile, you can see in the desktop viewport and you can go and like make the font bigger or make the layout change, but it's really supposed to be mobile first. Yeah. I actually noticed that I I got into your platform and I was messing around creating some pop-ups and, I was like, I think I started on the desktop side. I was like, why is the, the why isn't the mobile side changing at all? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like the, forcing you to go do it on mobile because it's like, hold on, like we know you're on a desktop. Like, go consider the eighty percent 
And, and, and if you make it right on mobile, even if you don't change anything on desktop, it's probably going to work great. But you can just make it a little bit bigger on desktop or change the layout some to mm-hmm. fit the screen better or improve it in some way. But focus yeah. on where all the action is. Yeah, that totally, that explains why I spent the first five minutes trying to just figure out like, okay, I'm making these changes, but do I have to do it on both? And then I started making changes on on uh, on the mobile. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just need to be working over here. So I totally get... Yeah, now yeah. I'm learning about my product too. It's like you spent five minutes on the desktop. I got to make sure that never happens in the office. Yeah. That's the stuff that I got to fix. Like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm like, calling you out now. Yeah. <laughs> fix that, man. Thank you. You got to fix that. Yeah, you're welcome. Anytime. Oh, man, that's awesome. So um, I've definitely seen, I think everybody has seen, has seen like pop ups. So you're like, oh, that just like doesn't sit well. Or like, hey, that's not, not quite there. They didn't put much thought into that. And I think a lot of the pop ups I personally have done as of recent. Because it's been an afterthought is like, hey, just throw this up, just do it, whatever. But I will say it also is based on the platform. I'm just using like the free add-on tacked on to my SMS platform. So it's like just kind of a template, which it looks nice. It looks okay. It's better than some of the ones that I built with Justuno, which ended up being pretty wonky. Um, But sorry, going back to this. I, I'm very limited in what I'm able to do. So kind of what you're telling me is like, you know, you kind of need, you need the tool that will get you further. You know, like I said, my conversion on it is 3% or less. So I definitely, definitely have some room to, to progress. So um, what it kind of on that vein, what are just a few things, two to three, maybe five, I don't know, 20, uh, if you want to give it to us, things that brands can do right now to like optimize their pop-ups just to, to make them a little bit better, hopefully get a little bit better conversion. When I see really bad ones, I think the, the number like, uh, okay, so we talked about mobile. I think the clear, um, why, why does it matter to me as a visitor? So if it's a ton of copy and it's like hard to understand what it is, you've got to think about the attention span of this visitor and your offer and the value has to be super clear right away. Yeah. That's like what you've got to have somebody really consider that's making it. Um, I mean, that, that is like, I mean, that's true for everything. You know, it's like, what's your messaging? Is it going to resonate? Are you going to like make that work? So I think that's key. Uh, introducing things that, you know, maybe target different uh, parts of the site or different like experiences, like where are they coming from? What's the traffic source? Do you need to create something custom for that? That's a win. Um, we, we talked about sort of the escalating commitment piece, like using some multi-step pop-ups for sure. <laughs> uh, email and SMS, you don't want to put it on the same step. It's not compliant for like law. So each SMS platform is going to have different ones, but they all touch on this. So they don't want you to put email and phone number like in the same form right there. Really, I didn't realize it was like compliance based. I thought it was just the conversions better if you do it on two different. Screens. Yeah, both. It's definitely going to convert better and put in what you care about most. Like you could capture a phone first or you could capture email first. Most, most folks are capturing email, tried and true, and then they're going for SMS. About half the folks will... Somewhere between like 50 to 75% of people will finish that next step, assuming you've structured the copyright. Right. If it says like, skip it, then okay. Like if it's super clear, like skip this, okay, well, nobody's going to put their phone number in. Uh, another mistake is if you're doing email and SMS, you have to consider the consent like we're talking about. And making sure that that copy is actually above the form. It looks ugly, but 
that's one requirement that like a Tenev or Clavio or Postscript's going to ask is that that actually goes above the form. So if you have like you know, phone field button and then all that copy below it, they really want that to be above it. Now, can you get away with it and put it down there? Sure. But I think the, 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 the providers aren't going to want you to, and we don't do that in our templates. We put it above the field. Um, and then considering the reply why. So in Clavio currently, if you're going to do SMS, they use kind of two lists. So you have like your main list, which is probably newsletter or something like that. And then they have maybe an SMS list. If you're doing single opt-in on the newsletter list, which I'd recommend, because if you don't, you're just going to send that generic, like confirm your subscription, click it, double opt-in. I, I, we, we tested it with customers. Like, I don't think that makes that big of a difference. It's up to you. It's up to your preferences and brand. If you want to do double opt-in on SMS, if you're going to be doing like abandoned cart automations, Clavio has said they want you to do double opt-in for phone, which means you're going to get that text that says reply why. And so you'd have double opt-in on for the SMS list and then single opt-in for the newsletter list. You'd set those two lists if you're using AMP instead of inside of AMP. Um, and then when they get that, when that email or when that phone number gets subscribed to the SMS list, it triggers off the reply why. So then they get the text and they have to reply back why. On that last step of the pop-up, you've got to say, you've got to like keep the flow going and say like, hey, check your text and reply back why to get the discount. Because if you're just like, hey, here's the code, and then they get the text and they're going to like, so few are going to actually send the reply why text. Mm -hmm. So to get them fully subscribed, you really need to be doing that on the last step. Uh, yeah. Postscript, attentive, they're all going to require that you do the reply why. Clavios is the only one where you can kind of choose single opt-in or double opt-in. But more recently, Clavio is really pushing people to do the double opt-in just because the laws around SMS are so much stricter. There's so much more stuff you've got to consider. This whole shaft legislation is a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. yeah. So I think not, not asking reply why for SMS, you can tank the number of people that actually finish subscribing. Yeah, no, I can see that. Interesting. I like that. Um, so what, I know there are different types of pop-ups and I think a lot of brands think, okay, you've got your, your offer pop-up right at the beginning, but what other types of pop-ups are effective for e-commerce? Uh, I know of a few, but I honestly have never implemented. There are a few that I've never implemented that like, I should get around to that. So I'm kind of curious from your point of view, like what's the most effective kind of down to maybe least effective for e-com? Um, Curious to know what other ones you're thinking of, but well, I'm thinking uh, exit intent, uh, yeah. specifically like within cart, that kind of thing. Um, those are all ones that I'm like, man, I really should like implement something like that, but I, I never have. So I'm kind of curious what tests have you guys done around those, and and uh, if there are any other types of pop-ups, whether it be like just a banner at the bottom or you know anything along those lines. Got it. Yeah. So I'll kind of describe what the what some good flows are. So you know, you you get to the site, we might call that an entrance. And that's like kind of baseline. Like everybody should probably be doing that. Everyone is most likely already doing that. If you kind of look around the space, you go to any e-commerce website. Yeah. Um, so that's an entrance pop-up. Those are great. After someone either like converts on it, okay, what do you do after that? If you're giving them a discount code, you need to figure out reply why. If they click a link, then maybe they come back, and then you put a bar at the bottom and you show them that code that can follow them around. That's one way to do it. Um, if it's just email, you could show that bar right after they put in their email. Mm -hmm. I think making sure that your flow is like 
you're probably getting some buy-in, capturing the information, and then having a confirmation step, whatever that might be, reply one, discount. Okay, so that's your entrance. And then having these things that we call follow-ups, which might be a little thing in the corner, like a bar at the bottom, or something that you can interact with to bring the overlay back up to then put your information in. So if it's the entrance pop-up, you're like, no, I don't want this right now. Just get out of here, which some people will just say that. But then as they're browsing, they're like, I actually think I might want that. And But there's a nice little bubble in the corner or a bar. Mm. I think you can make them look like a little pill. Everybody kind of like tune, starting to tune them out. We've got clients that like, one company sells like high-end steaks and like it looks like a little steak in the corner or like, you know, somebody sells like a chocolate cup, looks like a chocolate cup, like popping out of the wrapper. And you, it says like, get the 10% off. You click that and it brings up the pop-up. So getting creative with what those follow along things are. Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, so exit 10, you give them something on the entrance. They have the follow-up step that follows them around. But then maybe you have another campaign that can take over from the entrance that's on exit. It could be the same discount, but it needs to look a little different. So something they hadn't seen on the way in. Yeah. Um, and then cart, certainly like a different design, but doing this in cart and also making sure these all don't like fire at the same time. So in AMD, you have something that says like, don't show this one. If somebody's seen a pop up in the last 15 seconds, 30 seconds, you can dial in the time. Mm, I like that. Putting some buffer in there. So it's not like pop up, pop up, pop up. <laughs> Which happens. There are stores that it's like a pop-up and then on top of a pop-up, a pop-up. And so, so pop-up inception is kind of yeah, going on there. Quite literally. Yeah. That's a mistake to avoid. It's like I got one pop-up through my SMS, got one pop-up through my email, and then I installed another after those pop-ups. It's like, oh my gosh, like, just use one. Yeah. Hook them all together. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and then blog, I think considering the intent of the visitor. So if you're running a blog, that's not going to, like, you might want to think about what's on the pop-up different than what's on the entrance pop-up to the site. So yeah, if somebody's coming to read about a particular thing that may, maybe doesn't even have anything to do with your product, and you say, get 10% off, they're like, I don't even know what this is. Like, close. But then maybe on the way out, you're like, hey, oh, by the way, we sell really nice cards. So we work with uh, Postable.com. They sell really nice cards. And that's kind of what, what they're testing into and dialing in. It's like, you just came there to find out birthday ideas, but then you left. It's like, hey, it's really nice cards. Like getting them, it's like an extra opportunity to build value and sell the products from the blog if you're doing that on exit intent too. Yeah, interesting. No, that's great. That's, that's a great call out that I've never implemented myself, but I can definitely see the value there. So with, with kind of some of these best practices and the things that you've kind of mentioned, what are, I guess, what kind of impact have you seen for brands that like maybe go from no pop-ups or crappy pop-ups to optimized pop-ups with Amped? What's kind of the, the change? Like what have you seen like some solid uh, impact with those brands? Yes. Yeah, so once you start using AMP, you can definitely sell your company for a hundred. No, just kidding. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we throw a disclaimer in there? I don't know. Maybe give or take 10%. So. Um, no, I, it just depends on what you're doing with it. Like we had some like company that was like using AMP and they were crushing it, but we we're like, what are you doing with the emails? So they're like, nothing. We're like, what? What? <laughs> like, what? Wait a minute. Wait, what? Uh, but I think if you're leveraging that customer acquisition, channel and you're you're actually emailing them and you're following up and you got good flows you got good automations and you're sending the texts it can be extremely helpful like we started working with fat fit fun years and years and years ago 
And they've been a great partner, a great client of ours. We're constantly testing with them and they've grown a massive business. Uh, it's subscription-based, so they kind of get why it's important for customer acquisition, but they get an amazing opt-in rate. And I think that's been a good strategy for them. It's like growing those channels and they grow those channels and they get them to convert. So if you're hardcore and you want to grow this business and you want to own those channels, you got to do all the marketing stuff well. But if you're doing a good job on customer acquisition and building that base and building those relationships over time, it's like you got a compounding impact because you were getting like 10 or like a hundred or a thousand people to convert before, but now you're getting like 4,000. And then what is that list growth going to look like as you build that audience? I mean, we were talking earlier about acquiring different e-commerce businesses and a metric is like, how big is that email list? So I'm not implying that, that increases the valuation of the business. I'm just saying it's a good indicator of how big is that list that you're marketing to. If you've got a bigger list to market to, you're going to be more successful. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you can definitely rely on your email list and your SMS list, your owned channels to to drive revenue for a brand. Um, and the bigger the list, the, probably the better and more revenue you're you're doing. So. Um, well, thank you, Matt. As we're wrapping this up, we ask all of our, uh, all of our, um, I almost said customers, <laughs> Sorry. all of our guests and our customers, um, the same three questions at the end. So I'm going to ask you, if you started a product-based business right now, what would it be and why? I would, uh, so I, I would productize what I'm doing and I call it amp.io, but, um, <laughs> You mean physical. How about physical product? Yeah, I guess uh, with these software guys, I got to be a little bit more specific, yeah. like a physical product, e-com business. Yeah. Maybe I should change the wording. Like, hey, if you start an e-com business, what would it be? Everybody's got something they're probably working on. My wife and I have something that we are working on, and it, it is nice. in the kind of like printing event space. And I don't want to say too much, but we are excited about it. But I think it's a cool business because it can scale. We can leverage social media really well. Like, it, it, it definitely... Um, like, it's just kind of an exciting prospect for me to think about, like, okay, can we get this stuff going on Twitter and, like, be able to print this, roll it up, ship it out, shipping costs is low, it can definitely scale. So I'm excited about the metrics, but I, I think it's going to be around printing, actually. Really? That's, I would say that's the first time I've had somebody say printing, but I come from a big background of printing. My grandpa was a printer, my dad was a printer, so I, I know the industry a little bit, and uh, it's fun. Go for it. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So what's the best you've started some businesses, uh, you're currently operating, you know, a very, very successful business. So what's the best piece of advice that you can give someone who's starting a business right now? Good mentors. I think you got okay. a really good mentor. People who have been there and done it. That's, that's, yeah. if I look back on what I can attribute, just learning is like my first mentor, like he sat down with me and showed me how he was doing it. And it just opens your eyes. I'm like, wait a minute, you have 500 customers? Like, and then I came back and visited him after I got back from my first year at university at an office building the size of my dorm room complex. I was like, dude, what? So it's like, they can show you stuff that inspires you and that then they can show you how they did it. And I think every good entrepreneur, if you ask them, like, hey, can you like sh t tell me about how you did that? Like, they will absolutely tell you because somebody else kind of showed them how to do it. So yeah. I think every real entrepreneur will just sit down with you and be like, hey, like, I'm happy to help. Absolutely. Yeah. All I have to say is amen. Uh, I definitely think that's a, that's a huge one that I personally could be better at, but 
Um, I've definitely seen that value in my, my own career. Um, all right. Then finally, what can our audience do for you? I guess, are you looking for referrals? Are you hiring just to connect? I guess what, what's, what can we do for you? Man, we're, all those would be great. <laughs> we, we, uh, and I mean, I think for us, we gotta, we, we're really trying to go for scale with AMP. So, but we're also in this mode where we're happy to be super hands-on and very helpful for our customers. So like, I'm happy to have this conversation with anybody that's running an e-commerce business and just say, how can we be most helpful? And then I think that's probably through AMP, but if it's not, I'll point in the right direction. Um, we are hiring, we need to hire sort of a uh, agency partner lead because we're finding that agencies, we've got some agencies that are sending us 15, 20 of their clients at a time. And we need someone who can manage those relationships as we're trying to scale the partnerships. So yeah. like, we need to hire someone there. And then also on the like customer success side, we want to hire someone there right now. So somebody who can work with these e-commerce companies, help them be successful with AMP. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. So if any of our listeners are interested, reach out. Well, this brings us to, our, I guess, our last, last question. How do they find you? Like where, where can they connect with you? Amp.io. Um, and then for me personally, LinkedIn's great. So just okay. if you put in Matt Simino, Amp should come right up. Awesome. Cool. We'll link those in the, uh, in the show notes. And Matt, thank you so much. I think I've personally learned uh, a few things that now I just need to carve out like just a little bit of time to go install your app and actually like implement this on my own e-com store. But with that being said, thank you so much. Uh, you're a wizard when it comes to, to, to pop-ups. And I think you've proven that to me personally and I think to our audience. So thank you so much for jumping on with us today. Russ, it's awesome, man. It's, it's always fun chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe and visit us at sharehouse.com to join the community today.